If you want this podcast free of ads, follow us now on patreon.com forward slash David McWilliams. Before we start, John, it's December. This is Discount December. We're going to give 10% discount on Patreon. And what you get for following us on Patreon is three things. Ad-free podcasts twice a week. You get two macroeconomic courses, not just one, two free. And also from January, I'm going to be answering questions once a fortnight. We're going to have an online macro session. And if you want to go up a level with us, you get a 10% discount for signing up on Patreon right now in December. Patreon.com forward slash David McWilliams. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What in the world is happening on Wall Street? Economic indicators. Who knows where this is going to end up? Understand the economy, you have to understand human nature. This podcast is powered by ACAST. How are you doing there? It's time for the podcast. It's been a strange week. May well be a stranger fortnight as we bear oh, down on Christmas. Don't, don't. There Jesus. he is, the head himself. Look at the head in you. <laughs> I can't bear it. I can't bear it if we're going back into any sort of lockdown and stuff. We've been there. We're we're coming up on two years. I know it is two years. Yeah, it is two years, and it's uh, and it's a weird one because the, the 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 all the economy, all the forecasts, all like if you think if every single company this week or next week, they've kind of figured out what they're doing next year. The budgets are set. Mm. Marketing budgets are set. Advertising budgets are set. Sales targets have been set. Think about the the, the new the the normal way in which you wind down yeah, yeah. is you wind down in order to crank back up in January, and the cranking back up in January was all predicated on the idea. Yeah, we you know there could be a winter bout again, but frankly, we have the technology, we have the mm. vaccines, we have the boosters, and the economy should open up. The question is now, what happens if we don't? Well, exactly. And and what I was going to say there is that on one hand, we've had this problem, shall we say, with inflation yeah. or the possibility of inflation. And we've had loads of people going, oh, no, inflation, blah, 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 blah. But actually, ironically, if there are more restrictions now because of this There'll new be no variant, inflation. 
Yeah, that's the kibosh on that, which is kind of a, a silver lining well, in a funny kind well, of way. Well, you see, it is, it is. I actually, I am not afraid of inflation, John. I'm one of these odd economists who actually thinks inflation can be quite a good thing. So we park that and let's just look. When this thing started about two years ago, I thought to myself, we need to come up with another term to describe what is happening because it is not a recession. What happened was not a recession. Mm. So a recession... It was a pandemic. This is that. I want to come back to this expression because we're going to go back to having to use language that describes what's going on rather than the language that we inherited before we had a pandemic, mm. right? Mm. So it's, you know, typically what happens is an economy goes into recession when the previous stage in the economy was a boom and you bought lots of stuff, you expanded too much, you borrowed too much, your perceptions of the future were all rosy, everything's going to be hunky-dory, and then what happens is inflation comes through, prices begin to rise, the central bank raises interest rates in order to bear down inflation, which works, Mm. but by very raising interest rates, it increases the price of debt that you incurred during the boom, and what happens is your balance sheet can implode. That's what happens. Okay. Then as your balance sheet implodes, and the reason your balance sheet implodes is the following... You bought assets in the boom, which were rising in value. You paid for those assets with debt you took out, right? When that reverses, when interest rates rise, your assets fall in value, but the debt that you incurred to buy those assets remains the same. So as your assets fall and your liability stays the same, your balance sheet tightens. Mm. And then what you've got to do is you've got to tighten your belt in order to rebalance your balance sheet. That is a recession, okay. right? Okay. That's what we understand to be a recession, and we feel that economists can understand this, right? The pandemic is something bizarre. Two years ago, the economy is flying. In fact, Christmas of 2019 was the most significant retail sales Christmas, I think, ever. Okay, yeah. So the economies were back booming. All economies Mm. were booming. China was booming. America was booming. Europe was gradually coming together. The UK was going through a growth phase, although they just had had the Brexit vote, right? Then we put the economy to sleep. And what happens then was that people normally would have seen a collapse in their income during that recession. But because the government decided to pay everybody's wages... Not only did you see a collapse in income, but you actually saw income rising rapidly as we locked down in most sectors. And not only that, but because we weren't spending, our real income, i.e. our savings, Mm. went through the roof. So we were sitting on all these savings. This is why the pandemic is important, because you have a crazy thing. The economy stops, but it doesn't stop because income has fallen. It stops because income has actually risen. It doesn't stop because savings have fallen. Yeah. Because savings have actually risen. So then you get this crazy situation where we gradually have what I call a pandemic. And a pandemic is a recession brought about by a pandemic that can be only given the permission to recover if the pandemic disappears. Yeah. So it's all dependent, not on economics, but on biology, right? So that's what we're looking mm. if this South African variant becomes much more aggressive and we need new vaccinations or let's say modified vaccinations. We're back into a pandemic. Now, what that does is it changes the way the economy grows because 
I think the growth rate of the economy of the last year, year and a half, went through three phases, right? The first phase, and I'm talking about how people spent, was the little phase. The second phase was the Woody's phase. And the third <laughs> phase was the Instagram phase, right? Okay, so I'll take you through those, right? <laughs> Whatever happened to Dunn Stores? I mean, okay, well, maybe Dunn Stores, right? The first phase is the Dunn Stores phase, right? right? But we're, for an Irish audience, we're talking Dunn's. For a European audience, Little. For a British audience, Tesco's. The T- Tesco, Waitrose yeah. Waitrose and Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's, yeah. right? And for an American audience... Is it Walmart? Walmart. Or Target? Target, is that the one, yeah. right? Okay, so what I'm saying is the first phase of the pandemic growth is the... Little Walmart target Whatever. phase, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what that is was the sitting at home on your whole eating phase, right? Yeah. And that happened in the last 18 months. So the first part of the lockdown, people didn't stop spending, but they spent on different things. And what they spent on was booze and food, mm. right? I know we had an Italian young fellow, Josh, came yeah. into this house in the last lockdown and he left eight weeks later and he was eight kilograms heavier <laughs> he was just fed like a prize bull and apparently when he's back to his mum in Italy yeah. he just said get rid of no, that no, weight no no Josh. no no Josh uh, you don't look like that he's alright for the year like Irish do look like that but no Italian so Josh had to go on a bloody diet when he came back from here because obviously we were sitting around I mean the best indicator out of him. the best indicator for the little phase is the clinking of bottles at the bottle bank on Sunday night or Monday morning. Yeah. Right? So that, we've, that's the first phase. I think we're the only country in the world that actually have queues for bottle banks. Yeah, we're very good citizens. Very good citizens. Okay. So that was the first phase, right? Second phase when you're locked down is when you begin to get out. And that's the Woody's phase, the DIY phase. So I can tell you, you know what you say in Dublin or in Ireland, you know, nobody can get a tradesman. Yeah. Because the tradesmen, they're not building houses. What they're doing is they're building extensions. They're yeah, building yeah, kitchens. Yeah, that's the big thing, they're building yeah. bathrooms, right? So basically, what has happened is people have been sitting in their homes, locked down, right, for six months, looking at the Al Shite kitchen that they had done 30 years ago. Mm. And they're saying, you know what we're going to do? The first minute we get out, we're going to have a new kitchen. Or working from home. So, working from home, you think, okay, you know that box room we had? We converted it into a makeshift office. Yeah. With a computer, we're actually now going to go and buy shelves. We're going to buy and think, and we're going to create it. So you get this huge surge in not interior design. That's too swanky a word for it, but in actually DIY. Right? These are the phases we saw last year, and then the final phase, the one we were in, is the Instagram phase, where in actual fact you kind of brag about your experiences. (laughs) Now you and I are not on. Check out the office on this. Yeah, yeah, but you're not on Instagram. I'm not either. Right? No, but. The rest of the world is. I think we're the only two people in the whole world on Instagram, right? So Probably just as well. You know, you people taking people go out with their mates. They take photographs of their dinner. People go on their holidays. They take photographs. They put yeah. on their story. Okay, yeah. their and narrative. Their narrative, and of course, then a very interesting thing is because house prices rose dramatically in the last lockdown. Mm. Because what happens is people's incomes didn't fall; they remained the same. So what people did is they sat at home thinking. How am I going to change my life? And lots of people said, I want to move house. So you get these huge bids for houses. But of course, the builders are still stuck. They can't build. Yeah. So you get this supply bottleneck at a time when people have decided to change their lives and buy new houses. 
house prices go through the roof. As house prices go through the roof, lots of people who were going to buy houses say, I'm now priced out. But I've kind of made the decision to buy something in my head. So what we're going to do is they're buying cars, they're buying what they call experiences. So high-end luxury goods have actually taken off, which is really weird. Like, so what I'm saying is that the way in which the economy has behaved in the last 12 months is completely at odds with the way in which you would imagine the economy to behave. So therefore you think if we're going, going into a lockdown again, what is highly likely to happen is that exactly the same journey is going to be taken by everybody. So we're going to start eating a lot. Mm. Then we're going to stop that. Then as, as the vaccines, the new vaccines kick in, we're going to end up doing lots of DIY. And then as the new vaccine works and we get out, we're going to have this Instagram phase. And then there's going to be the fitness phase to which, lose which, all those COVID pounds. Precisely, which you and I have avoided, like the plague, right? <laughs> so, so, so what I'm saying is that COVID has completely changed the way in which the economy works. And it's changed the order in which people spend. And that's interesting. Mm, right? Go on, explain that to because me. Because people tend to spend... So, for example, as you come out of a recession in the normal way of things, you buy very small ticket items first because you're worried about your income because mm. you're not too sure. Sure, yeah, yeah. But what has happened in COVID is as we came out of the lockdowns, people started to buy big ticket items first because they've been saving all this money. So that's why you've seen car sales have increased dramatically. And and, and life has been so crap in the and last while. life has while. been so crap. You want to treat yourself. And then you think even within the spending, what has happened. So take cars, for example, right? New car prices all around the world have remained more or less the same, but used car prices have gone through the roof, right? So there's a huge boom. So what, what has happened? What has happened is because the supply chains have been disrupted, new cars can't be delivered at the same level. So the second best thing to a new car is an old car, a second-hand car. Mm. So what you're seeing is second-hand car prices have gone through the roof, while new car prices have stayed the same. So the gap between second-hand car prices and new car prices has actually diminished. And I've heard that people who bought second-hand cars in the last lockdown are now being called up by the car dealers to ask them if they want to sell them back to them. Really? Because they want to sell them on because the prices have gone what up so much. What would your much. man... Um the Nobel Prize winner for the lemons. Akerlof. 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 Janet Yellen's husband. So as we've always said, can you imagine the pillow talk in the Yellen household? (laughs) So you have Janet Yellen, the head of, well, the former head of the Fed and now the head of the US Treasury, Mm. snuggling in, spooning (laughs) George Akerlof, the Nobel Prize winner, for economics. Now, I've always thought that winning a Nobel but, but Prize... Tell so, everyone what... Right, this, what is like, so this, is, this, is, this is how kind of sometimes bizarre economics is, right? Do you know the expression, would you buy a used car from that man? Yeah, right? Yeah. It was actually an expression which was leveled at Richard Nixon. So oh, Richard right, Nixon, okay. it, was mm. a, it was a Democratic Party undermining campaign. Yeah. And they had a photograph of Richard Nixon and underneath was, would you buy a used car from that man, right? <laughs> and the reason is everyone knows a used car salesman is a bit close to the wind. Now, yeah. why is that the case? And it's also, it's the case because of information, right? 
The used car salesman knows exactly who he bought the car from. So if he bought the car from a joyrider, okay? <laughs> yeah. He goes to you and tries to sell it to say, I bought the car from David McWilliams' mother. Yeah. One lady owner. Yeah. Okay. You don't <laughs> never know. Never went over the speed limit. Never went over yeah. the speed limit. But I actually bought it from a joyrider. Yeah. Okay. So imagine that, right? So the used car salesman is in receipt of and owns the knowledge. So therefore, the used car salesman will always pitch to you a car that has the downside that it could be bought from a joyrider. Mm. But you think you're buying from a one lady owner. Right now, there in America, those cars are called lemons, right? Shite cars, yeah, mutton dressed up as lamb, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. they're called lemons. This chap, Akerlof, won a Nobel Prize <laughs> for a, an academic paper that told you what I've just told you. <laughs> A Nobel Prize. <laughs> I oh, come on. I'm telling you, I'm going for the Nobel Prize and it's, next and year. It, and it's, it's, of course, it's all dressed up in this, this, uh, and actually, in fact, a lot of Nobel Prize winners in economics have been granted for academic fellas talking about the economics of information and disinformation right. and the role of information in markets. So they started with this idea that markets are always efficient, mm. but the used car salesman tells you they're not always efficient. In fact, somebody knows more than the next fella. Yeah. So if you imagine, like, you know, doing a deal, how many deals have you done where you shake hands, you get your money, and you run? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you think... They're usually drug deals, aren't yeah, they? <laughs> like, sucker! <laughs> no, but really, like, if you've done, like, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the key thing, you know, are, are for example, you know when, if you've ever uh, spoofed your way into a job, right, and you go in and you're doing the interview... And the guy says, you know, I'll give you 10 grand. And you say, I can't work for less than 16. Yeah. And eventually he says, okay. And you say, fucking eat it. <laughs> Walk out the door, right? And you say, woo, and you go for a few drinks. Okay. Yeah. That is about... And then you go and buy a used car. Then you, <laughs> but all that idea, right, is that you have a certain threshold base position. They have, and everyone's spoofing, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's the way the world works. Economists decide that this was worthy of a Nobel Prize to write <laughs> about this. I mean, I, when I was doing economics in college, I used to think, man, <laughs> go down to Moore Street. You'll know exactly. It must have been. What year was that, by the way, do you know? The old Yakerlof paper. Yeah. <laughs> Sometime in the 80s or 70s. Right. I can't there must be nothing going on that year. Yeah, but, exactly. But come here to me. Yeah. So that's consumer, the consumer side. Yeah. But like, if we okay. go back into lockdown, Get serious again, Mac. Get serious again. Okay. Uh, what what will happen, like, market-wise? Well, I'll tell you they've what, been on yeah. a bit of a, a bounce to well, date. I'll, I'll tell you what we'll do. Before we do the markets, let's do GDP. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So okay. GDP, the whole income, is in economics, right? It's C plus I plus G plus X minus M. That's the actual yeah. equation, right? For, so it's consumption, which we've just done. So you add up all the consumption. C plus I plus investment, you add up all the investment. Right. Plus G, which is the government sector, right? Then you plant X, which is exports, and you minus imports, and that's what gives you a country's sure. GDP. So we've done consumption. It's going to be weird. Investment now, investment is always based on your perception of the future, okay, number one, mm. and number two, the rate of interest, okay, the cost of capital. Yeah. The cost of capital is likely to fall if we go back into lockdown, and the reason it will likely to fall is that the demand for money will fall because the demand for consumption goods will fall, and obviously central banks will just open up spigots again. That's the yeah. first thing. What we've seen in companies has been a bizarre situation where the pandemic has crushed competition in many sectors. So only large companies have been able to survive the pandemic and they've survived much more, which is why the stocks, the value of listed companies has risen versus unlisted companies. And the reason is because listed companies have been able to crush competition during the pandemic. Why? Because they had bigger balance sheets. Yeah, right. So okay. I suspect what will happen to investment is investment decisions will again fall but what will happen is listed companies will do what they call share buybacks. They will use low interest rates to buy back their shares, to enrich their shareholders. And this will drive up share prices in certain sectors. This has been happening a lot. This is the same thing that happened during QE. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a get-rich-quick scam by yeah. rich people. Okay. Yeah. On the investment side, investment will obviously fall because you're, what you're worried about is what the hell's going on in the future, right? And companies will involve themselves not in real investment, but in this financial jiggery-pokery. Mm. The G part will go through the roof. The government will just spend as we spent the last time. And government expenditure will explode because it has to, mm. because everybody else is saving. Imports will fall because global trade will fall. And exports will fall because global trade will fall. Can I just stop you there? Is there anything that we've learned in the last, I know we're still in the same kind of... We're kind of still in the same thing. Pandation. But, you know, if we're going back into a deeper restrictions and that kind of oh, stuff... Well, is, hopefully not. Well, well what we've is learned... Is we've learned? What we've learned is not to panic about budget deficits. What we've learned right. is that basically the budget deficit expands when the private sector stops spending. And when the private sector is locked down, it can only spend in little. 
there's only so much turkey. Well, apart from you, John, there's only so much turkey a man can eat. It's pies. It's pies, right? Okay. So, so basically, what we we've learned to chill about government deficits. Yeah. We have learned to chill about central banks expanding their balance sheet. But what about investors? And investors now. This so this is the interesting. So then you think, okay, the whole investment worldview is always a function of where you happen to be in the investment cycle, okay? Where you happen to be in the cycle. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably fair to say we should have a look at the cycle, right? Investment cycle goes through, I'd say, four major phases. First is what we call the stealth phase. Second is the awareness phase. The third is the mania phase. And the fourth is the blow-off phase, which is not what you think, okay? (laughs) This is about valuation, John. Oh, first... Okay, first phase, right? And it depends what phase we're in, John. Right, right? Well, what phase are we in? Right, okay. So, <laughs> in the stealth phase, okay? So basically all, and, and it, it's where the market is. Now, if the market's at the beginning of something, it's at the stealth phase. It's almost under the radar screen. Right. Only the smart money is in the market, and valuations are very, very cheap. So this usually happens after there's been a crash. So this, this for a stealth phase was probably in... 2009, 10, 11. So everybody's been burnt. The market is in stealth phase. An asset or a bunch of assets begins to take off. And only the really smart money is in there, okay? Mm. People who have money and prepare to take a risk. The next phase is the awareness phase. And that's when kind of institutions get involved, institutional investors, people who might look after your pension or people who actually do this professionally. And they say, okay, I'm yeah. going to buy stocks or whatever it happens, yeah, right? Yeah. Then you get what's called the mania phase, where the media get involved, right? The media say, oh, there's a housing boom here, yeah. or there's a boom in tech stocks or Bitcoin there's or whatever. There's a trend, let's there's jump There's a trend, it. and let's write about it. Yeah. Let's put it in the front, okay? And that's when you get basically the mania phase. The public get involved. People get really enthusiastic. People start talking to each other about things. You get the greed phase because everyone's chatting. It's this idea that we all really don't know yeah. our own mind. But there's a huge, in this phase, an, a FOMO, a fear of missing out. Yes, yeah, Okay, yeah. and that's where everybody is. The anxiety you, sets yeah, in. Yeah, and you get delusions. And then you get yeah. like new paradigms. The world has changed and this is new. And that's the most dangerous phase you can possibly be in. And why is that? It's because the valuations are really, really high. And that's where actually we are now in stock markets. The reason stock markets are so vulnerable is because they're so expensive. Mm. Cheap stock markets are never, ever, ever vulnerable because they're really cheap. So yeah. you can't go anywhere. It's when markets are so expensive, like tech stocks and all, you know, the S&P was up almost 30% last year, Yeah. right? So that's where we are now. Funny so, enough, I watched Wolf of Wall Street last night. Did you? I did. Well, did, did you enjoy it? I, I thought it was fantastic. It is very good, isn't it? It's but very, the penny stocks, you know, they're the cheap stocks you're talking about. Yeah, and you yeah, drive yeah, them yeah. up and you, you try and get as many suckers into it. And then you see, and then what tends to happen is you get a little down... Let's say you get a reversal. Prices start to fall. But most people are in denial then. They say, ah, don't worry, it'll all return to normal, right? And what happens at the top of a market when there's a reversal, when prices start to fall and there's denial, there's something called a bull trap. And what happens is people say, oh my God, buy on the dips. You might have heard that. That when the price has fallen, it's a dip and we should all buy on that. Mm. That's a bull trap. So people go long again. People buy stocks again. Prices go up. And they fall back down again, right? And therefore, you know, this then, 
is when people, remember we talked about the balance sheet? Mm. Start to worry about their balance sheet. Yeah, yeah. They start to get fearful. And then they start to sell off, right? And once they sell off, eventually prices fall. There's a moment called capitulation when prices are really, really down. And then finally, there's despair. And it's when it's despair, it's the time to buy again. And you start all over again. Right. Okay, the prices fall, you go back to the stealth phase. So the question is, what phase are markets in now, right? After having rallied for 10 years, after having gone through the roof last year, based on ideas that the economy is going to go back to normal this year, based on the idea that earnings were extremely strong last year, but based on the idea earnings will be really strong again next year. All of those assumptions are out the window now. So you ask about financial markets, the fear in financial markets now, and it's very palpable, is that we are in this phase between mania and your favorite? The blow off. Exactly. And COVID mark five, as this new one is going to be. COVID one, if it's COVID two, COVID mark, mark five. five it's it the fifth iteration of COVID, of, of, of a different yeah. Could well be that shock that precipitates investors to panic. And if they panic at these elevated levels, there's only one way and it's straight down. So now that we've... Okay. So, so that, I mean, this, this is what could happen if this thing gets worse. Okay. But surely if we're going back into it again, yet again, you said the, the fifth phase, people are going to be even more wary this time, surely. We are going to set up, when it all capitulates, John, mm-hmm. we are going to set up the Dave McQueen's podcast High Growth Velocity Income Fund. Is this in the despair phase? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we are going to hoover up assets and we are going to sit pretty and we're going to be back here in a year's time Excellent. saying, do you remember when you panicked? <laughs> you know what the great uh, Warren Buffett expression was? Be cautious when everybody else is greedy yeah. and be greedy when everybody else is cautious. Yeah. So that's what we're going to So we're waiting for this. And uh, no, but it's seriously, we... It's hard to know what's going to happen. And anybody who tells that they do know, well, as an, as an irrationist. But, you know, you can look at cycles and they all are kind of repetitive, right? Mm. I'm reading a new book by Ray Dalio. Now, Ray Dalio is the world's largest hedge fund guy, right? Okay. Interesting guy. It's called The Principles of Dealing with the Changing World Order. Why Nations Succeed and Fail. And it's all about... I'll give you the, the index, okay? There's a little bit of... Bedtime reading for you. Mm, can't wait. Okay. How the world works. The big cycle in a tiny nutshell. The big cycle of money, credit, debt, and economic activity. The changing value of money. The big cycle of the external order, internal order, external disorder. How the world has worked over the last 500 years, right? In terms of cycles. And the future. It's a fascinating book. And again, this guy's a real player. Yeah. This guy's done it. So I think... How much of a player is he if he's got time to write a book? Well, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of these guys that just work all the time. Mm. All the time. And the book, I've just, I actually just got it through the post. It's not published, I think, until next week or the week after. I've just got it in the post. I've been flicking through it. It's really fantastic. And the interesting thing is about, particularly about investing, is you can never stop reading and mm. never stop learning and never stop deriving wisdom from others. And this guy, Dalio, is top of the tree stuff. 
And there's one other great book. We're going to end on this. Yep. Light reading, right? Called Mastering the Market Cycle, Getting the Odds on Your Side by a fellow called Howard Marks, who again is a hedge fund guy. These are Howard Marks. He was also he was a drug dealer. Yes. It's not the same guy, is it? Not the same guy. <laughs> same broad business, though. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Same broad business. Exactly. The Howard Marks, Marks book was Mr. Nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was Welsh. Or was he English? He was English no, guy. No, he was a Welsh guy. Welsh guy. And, and he became the biggest dealer of weed. Yeah. He used to have stacks and stacks of it. Yeah. But he was really nice. You know, there was nothing, there was nothing bad up, there was about no, him. There was no Pablo Escobar yeah. sort of. Or did you see Narcos Mexico? What no, I haven't seen that oh, one. Oh, well worth it. Bit violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about. I, I've gone off violent stuff. I know. We're getting too old. Oh, we're too yeah, old. I like yeah. softer things. You'll be watching Elf, won't you? On now. Yes, of course I will. you'll be watching it on now. <laughs> I am, buddy. What's your favourite colour? All right, Johnny's watching Elf. Time to go. Talk to you next week. John, it's Crimbo. It is. Here's the sales pitch. You can get, can you imagine anything better than this? <laughs> you can get 12 months Patreon subscription to the Dave McQueen's podcast, which is two podcasts ad-free every week. You get two macroeconomic courses. The economic courses I give in Trinity, more or less online. Which are humdingers. Which are humdingers, okay, which we actually won a prize. Indeed. We won a prize. Indeed. Swatty Teacher of the Year. But we get all the reading lists. You know the reading lists I go on about? All the reading lists, the lecture notes, videos, the whole thing. And you get these, we're going to introduce this year, an online Q&A. Once a fortnight, I'm going to answer the questions that people have. This is all on Patreon. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Yeah, no, it will be really good. And it'll, it'll create a, a huge community of people. And this is all on Patreon. And you get a 10% discount if you sign up in December. So that's patreon.com forward slash David McWilliams. And if you sign up now to Patreon, you get 12 months for the price of 11 months for an annual subscription. And, or you can look at it by getting 10% off for the whole thing. And the key thing is it's not just the podcast. It's the learning. It's the community. It's the engagement. It's all together. We're going to go up a level yeah. in 2022. Do you know what as well? It's a bloody brilliant Christmas present. You're absolutely right. Right.